On this episode of The Mompreneur Show, I'm talking to Kelly Stewart. She's an incredible wife, a mother of four children, and an author of this amazing book, Like a River from Its Course. And today she will share with us how to keep going, how to be persistent in your dreams. Because it took her over a decade to write this book from you know, raising, while raising children, while going through the seasons of life, she still went through and she still published this beautiful book. And I'm so excited to talk to her about how, what it takes to really go for your dreams. What does it take? What does persistence look like? And I'm so excited that you're joining uh, us today. And I'm your host, Vicky Lashenko, and this is the show that features amazing stories of the most remarkable mom entrepreneurs. Kelly, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, it's so awesome to have you, hon. I'm so excited this is finally happening. I get to talk more with you about your dreams, about your book, about your upcoming book as well. So Kelly, please share with us this beautiful journey that you shared with with me about a month ago. Um, How did you go on this journey of being an author? How did... God put this idea on your heart, and how did you make it happen? Well, I should really appreciate you inviting me on and letting me share my story. Um, my story started actually a long time ago, even more than a decade. Um, I was 15, and I was invited to go on a mission trip to the former Soviet Union, and um, I had a crush on a boy who was going, so I said yes. Um, so, you know, the Lord can use even the the silliest of reasons. Exactly. Um, but I'll never forget it. The day that we landed in, it was, we actually went to Minsk, Belarus, that first trip. And I was still on the airplane and I looked outside and it was raining and it was obviously cold. But there was just something about that place. I knew immediately I was I was coming back. And I told the leader of our trip that I would be back the next year. And he sort of patted me on the leg and said, everybody says that, but nobody's ever come back. Wow. Um, but the next year, I, I wanted to go back. And so they were going to Kiev, Ukraine. So we went back the second time, and both years there had been a woman who uh, acted as our translator while we were there. Her name was Alona, and um, she told us in when we were in Kiev, she told us the story of her grandmother, Maria, who had survived a German slave labor camp, and her father had survived the slaughter at Babi Yar. And I had never heard any of these stories. I'd heard of the Holocaust. I'd read the diary of Anne Frank. I'd, I'd heard a lot of stories, obviously, of World War II, but I'd never heard the stories of Ukrainians or Russians. I, I just didn't know much about the former Soviet Union, and I was mm-hmm. fascinated with the history. I also just fell in love with the language, and I wanted to know more. And um, so my senior year of high school, I went back to Kiev, Ukraine one more time, and I actually got to have dinner with Maria that night, and I just was—I just peppered her with questions. I just wanted to know so much, and um, and so when I went to college, I went to Baylor, and I decided to minor in the Russian language. And I—I I just always loved writing and loved storytelling, and so I majored in English professional writing. And I, um, my senior year at Baylor, our assignment in one of my classes—it was a year-long course—and the only thing we had to do was write a novel. And so I knew immediately I wanted to tell Maria's story. So that was the first very rough draft where I was just telling Maria's story. But that's where it sort of all began. That's amazing. So you fell in love with this. And it's so interesting because I I remember talking to you about this. 
and you have so much passion, so much love coming out of you. It was incredible. It was such an incredible experience talking to you about this, by the way. And I'm Ukrainian by birth, and I was floored by the love that you have for for our people and I'm like and it made me feel kind of bad because I've never been back I've never been back to Ukraine and I've never visited back since I came here eight years uh well when I was eight not eight years ago when I was eight Mm -hmm. and so um can you share with us like what was the process like where you saw God lead you to this and how what was the process like in your head like were you all for it or were you like, did you resist it? Because, you know, so many times that our calling, it's not exactly always easy and not mm-hmm. exactly what we're willing to do. And so I would love to hear your part. Well, it's funny. I, it's actually, um, I always thought I would do more uh, with, I always thought I would end up being a missionary or mm-hmm. I, I just always thought I would do, do more than what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, I tell people that I consider Ukraine my second home. I mm. love Ukrainians. I love Russians. I love the culture. I love the language. Um, and I just always sort of assumed that I would continue to go back and, yeah. uh, yeah. you know, as, as life happens and babies come along of and course, marriage and it's, it's not easy to, to fly overseas. Uh, my, my connection to that part of the world became through my writing. And, uh, I just wanted to know, and I wanted to understand more about the history. And so actually when I was pregnant with my firstborn in 2003, um, that's when I decided I'm going to finish this book. And at that time I thought it was going to be a nonfiction book. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd had a friend in Ukraine who was a school teacher who had been running for about a year and a half a uh, newspaper. And in the newspaper, she had a column where the students could write letters to Kelly. And they would interview their grandparents and get their grandparents' stories from World War II. And even some you know, had grandparents that told them stories of World War I. And they would write their, their stories to me. And it was a way for them to practice English and for me to get some research. And so I thought I was going to publish a nonfiction book called Letters to Kelly. Um, That's amazing. And so I was pregnant and I thought, if I'm going to do this, I need to do it now. So I went to Ukraine. That's the last time I went. I was, it was in 2003. I was about five months pregnant. And um, my, my husband wouldn't let me go alone and neither were my parents. So my mom went with me and uh, we spent a month and we just toured all throughout the country and I just met with veterans. I went to schools and talked to students who had just spoken with their grandparents and I just gathered over a hundred stories of, of survival and um, and I came home and I realized that this, this couldn't be a nonfiction book. First of all, the nonfiction book was really boring. Like no one would have wanted to read it except history nerds like me. I needed to make I wanted to make the history come alive so that it would be appealing to everyone, not just a very small group of people who might be interested in the former Soviet Union. And so that's where the idea of the novel sort of birthed. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, I also had a baby. And so things slowed down significantly. So how did, in what ways did it slow down? Did you, um, how much, how much uh, work did you do uh, prior to having your baby? And how much was left? Yeah, um, You know, I think that when I was pregnant, I was, you know, operating under the assumption that uh, I would have the baby and then life would go on as normal. It would just, it wouldn't change anything. But 
Um, as anyone who's ever had a child knows, babies change everything. And uh, I, I did go through a period. And, you know, I had one baby, and then I had another baby, and then I had another baby. So, you know, within four years, I had three kids. And um, I, I I had to wrestle through uh, if I'd made the right choice to have kids so early. Maybe I should have pursued some of these dreams before <sighs> I had kids. Um Maybe I, I missed the boat, and um, there there was a time where I thought, well, I guess you know that writing thing that I wanted to do just isn't going to work out because I can't do both. Um, and you know, I mean, it's not like we didn't have oodles of money where I could hire help to help me with the kids, and so there was there was some wrestling of what am I what am I going to do now? And in the meantime, I discovered blogging, and that gave me a, a chance to still write and kind of hone my my gifts and my skills but I wasn't sure that I was cut out for writing a book because I couldn't seem to get the ball rolling again wow so so many of moms watching us right now and they can relate to what you're saying there's so many thoughts like when hard times come when things in life come that are not what we expected oftentimes we go back and we say did we do this right? Did we make this decision correctly? Maybe it was too soon. Maybe I waited too long. Like, how did you find peace? Like, I would love for you to share with me and for with our audience. How did you find peace with the decisions that you've made and with your dream and to continue with your dream? Yeah, I think in the middle of it, um, I, I didn't... Obviously, looking back on it now, I, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and so I, I have so much insight to what I was waiting for. Um, I think that the Lord had me in that waiting period because I needed to learn some things. I, I needed to experience the emotions of being a mother. Um, I needed to focus on being a mother. They're just um, there. There's there's a period in life when you have young kids where. There, it's very all-encompassing, and um, and I needed to be okay with that, and the Lord had to work that out in me. Um, but at the time, I didn't know that that's what was going on. I just felt like I was failing. I just felt like mm. I had this dream, and I had let the dream go. Um, but I never stopped writing. I was always writing, and actually, in that time that I had the three babies, I started a second draft of the book. Um, and a lot of it was working out, what stories am I going to tell? I had so many stories, and I wanted to tell all of them. And I think I got about 250 pages into that manuscript, and I gave it to my dad and um, asked him to read it and see what he thought. And about two weeks later, <laughs> he gave it back to me, and he said, I got about 50 pages in, and I could not keep up with the characters. He said, there's too many of them. Their names are not familiar to me, and I don't know what's going on. Um, so it was, you know, I, I shelved that, that version of the story and, um, I, I lived a little bit more. We ended up moving across the country and, um, going through some really hard times with the, with the moving and, um, and again, all of that, looking back on it now, I know what the Lord was doing is he was, he was continuing to, to work in me in the waiting period. I was frustrated. Um, I was watching my peers in the blogging world all come out with books and feeling like I was getting left behind. And, um, I obviously wasn't good enough to do it and they have kids. How come they can get books written, but I, I can't. And, um, I, I saw all these things and I look, I look back on it now and I, I, 
I have the wisdom to know that sometimes waiting is part of the journey. Um, so I, I, the Lord was doing some things just even in the waiting. Mm, that is so beautiful. It resonates so much with me. You have no idea. Um, there are so many, so many of my friends are publishing books and doing incredible things. And sometimes I get this feeling of like, okay, why, why am I not keeping up? Like, mm-hmm. what is that that's holding me back? But I, I think that, you know, we have to make peace with our life, with mm-hmm. our circumstances, with our current season in our life, uh, because seasons change and sometimes we're the happiest and it's the best and we couldn't imagine life better. And sometimes it's really bad. Mm-hmm. And so I really appreciate you sharing with us the highs and the lows because in motherhood, it's really, really, really hard to work on your dream. But I'm so inspired that you kept going, you kept writing, you um, kept blogging, and that's really inspiring. So I do have a question for you. But before I ask mm-hmm. you that question, I want to take back to our audience who are watching. Thank you so much for um, watching this amazing interview with Kelly. I mean, she is she's such an incredible inspiration to me, and I know to you as well. I would love if you can comment and uh, share with us what resonates with you when we're talking, because I want this um, conversation to be not just me between me and Kelly. I really want this conversation to be between all of us. So I really encourage you to comment below and share your thoughts, share your dreams with us, share what's holding you back, uh, what's putting a pause button on your dreams. And I'm going to get it, take it back to Kelly. And Kelly, um, so you went to Ukraine and you you talked to so many people. And I know I asked you this before and you recorded their conversations, but you know, reading reading the book it's so deep and the emotions are so real i seriously i i can't help but sob i can't help but like have these incredible emotions how did you get those people to open up like that like mm-hmm. what did you do to get them to speak so deeply about their experiences you know, it's funny. I really didn't have to do much. I just, I just told them I wanted to know, and I think that there, there was something unique to them about uh, a 24-year-old pregnant American girl who was desperate to understand their history. And I was, I was truly interested. I, I wasn't there to exploit their stories. I wasn't there mm-hmm. to. Um, to to have a cool story of my own, I, I genuinely wanted to know and understand um, because history books can only tell you so much and they can't convey the emotion. And um, I will say that the the best meeting I had was in Vinitsa, Ukraine. And um, it was really sort of a roundabout way that it came about. So when my husband and I were first married, we lived in Dallas, Texas. And um, I wanted to work as a writer, but mm-hmm, that doesn't mm-hmm. pay very much money. And we were you know, totally broke. And so on the side, I started coaching gymnastics. And the only reason I started coaching gymnastics is because um, the World Olympic Gymnastics Center was Academy was down there, and um, the the owners of that were Russian. And I went in, wow. and all I I wasn't looking to coach gymnastics. I just wanted someone to practice my Russian with me. Yeah. Uh, and and they were like, "Well, do you want a job?" And I said, "Sure." So I'm coach. I was 
coaching gymnastics and learn speaking Russian. And um, the head coach, Evgeny Marchenko, his mom lived in Vinitsa, Ukraine. And so wow. when it came time for me to take this trip, I contacted him and said, you know, is there any way that I could meet with your mom? Could she help me out? And she was amazing. Her name was Victoria Marchenko. And uh, she brought me and she fed me more Vereniki than I've ever eaten oh in my, my whole gosh. life. So I was like almost in tears. I was so full. Um, and then she had this meeting of probably maybe eight to ten veterans who were so lively and they were so thrilled to share their stories. And um, she introduced me to a woman who had worked as a partisan and um, and she was just this bubbly, vivacious, gregarious woman who had tricked two Nazis and um, had just these amazing stories. And all of the almost every one of their stories ended up being incorporated into the book. And so I I was able to capture the emotion because I, I felt it and I saw it. I, I touched it. I, I didn't just read about it in a book. I I spoke with them and, you know, they they gave me cognac even though I was oh. pregnant and they kissed my cheeks and so um it was so I, I felt like I touched history and I really, Absolutely. really wanted everyone else to see it. Absolutely. Kelly, that's so beautiful. I'm so thankful that you're here with us. And so many of our viewers are enjoying this so much. Um uh hello Vika, it's so good to have you here and Yelena. Yelena asked a question, such a good question, and we're going to get into it in just a sec, but I'm going to go ahead and read it. How do I start writing a book? Where do I start? How to publish? And Yelena, this is such a good question. That's exactly what why we're here. We're going to definitely share that with all of you. And then Vika said, I'm for, uh, from Cherkasky, moved to U.S. when I was 15 years uh, when I was 15 or 15 years ago, love hearing anything that has to do with my home country. Yes, I agree, Vika. Mm -hmm. That's why I was like so excited because I know that so many of us Ukrainians and Russians would love to hear what Kelly has to say. And it's she brought a piece of history back to us and maybe a piece of history that some of our grandparents don't really talk about and I think that you know living in in Ukraine uh, there was different parts of Ukraine that were absolutely horrible like people lived through really hard times and I'm so 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 happy to be able to hear Kelly's not Kelly's point of view but point of view of so many other people that were in Ukraine before I wasn't born so it's amazing and Karina says very inspiring story I love how there is so many things going on in her life and she still manages to write a book in the end and pursue her dream never give up I want to hear Kelly speak Russian. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, Karina, you're such a sweetheart. Thank you so much for joining us and for, uh, for those kind words. And yes, we will get Kelly to speak Russian for sure. She speaks really beautifully, by the way. My husband got the honor to meet her as well. And I was telling him, Kelly, I was telling him how we were going to go on and have, have you on my show. And he's like, oh, is it that, that awesome woman who spoke Russian? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> that, that is her. So um, let's go, let's first get you to speak Russian. And then we're going to go into um, how to write a book. And Yelena, that's a great question and definitely a question that we want to answer. Um, so maybe we should, I wonder how I should get you to speak Russian. What, what should we talk about? 
Я не знаю, я боюсь, потому что мне нужна практика. Я не знаю, я не очень хорошо говорю. Я понимаю больше, чем я говорю, понимаешь? Окей, это было замечательно, Келли. Какой молодец, очень красиво Спасибо говоришь. Спасибо большое. Um, я думаю, что, конечно, акцент его не, нельзя убрать, но... Um, yeah. Как ты слова слаживаешь, очень прекрасно, молодец. So, um, those of you who are joining us, you got this is exclusive. You will never find this anywhere else, only on the Mompreneur Show. So, we have some more comments uh, rolling in. Melissa said, "I just joined the viewing. First thing I heard resonated with me also, and that's seeing others doing great and incredible things. And I'm not anywhere near that." I know a bunch of women who have already started their businesses or just started them in the past few months and just feel like it's taking forever. Melissa, sweetheart, thank you so much for joining us. So good to have you here. And that's exactly what the Mompreneur Show is about, is to encourage you that, you know, you're not alone. All of us have a different story. And I'm so happy that you're able to resonate with Kelly's story. And, you know, it really, really takes a long time for some of us. And it's okay. It's completely okay, and so I'm so happy that you're joining us. With, uh, joining us, and um, Vika, thank you so much. And ladies, you guys are amazing. So happy to have you. Okay, so Kelly, how did you go about to write your book? How did you did you already have a publisher waiting when you were when you came back and started writing, or did it like what was the process like? Yeah, I mean that's all just another piece of the the puzzle of this journey that I took. So the reason that I went to Ukraine was because I did have a publisher lined up who was interested in publishing the nonfiction book Letters to Kelly, and um, and you know again I was pregnant and it was we just knew that was the time to do it. And so when I when I got back and I started putting the book together, I got an email from the publisher saying, you know, we've decided to close up shop and we weren't, we're not going to be publishing anymore, but, um, you know, keep going for it. Cause I think you have a good idea. Oh so that was a huge disappointment. Um, but I had enough, uh, I don't know, I guess confidence that someone had been interested, that I was certain that I could get someone else interested. And I did, I almost immediately, I had another publisher, come to me mm-hmm. and say, you know, we love the concept. Um, we just need to make sure that you've got signed permissions from all the people that you interviewed to use their stories for a nonfiction book. And I, I didn't. I tried. I had, I had had a permission slip translated into Russian and Ukrainian and taken it with me, but I couldn't get anybody to sign it. it you know, wow. uh, it's just a different culture. And they, they didn't understand why they needed to do that. And they didn't want to. And um, very so interesting. That was where that nonfiction book died, and that was just another mm. catalyst to, to based on true stories. Mm. But um, that that helped me get past that. So um, so then it was just a matter of what you know with fiction with nonfiction you can write a proposal and and pitch the proposal uh, without having the book written. But with fiction you have to have a finished manuscript in order to pitch it. So I needed to finish the story before I could get a publisher. Wow. Um, and it was just a matter of finding the time to write. And actually, my husband and I in 2012 started the adoption process from Russia. And um, as most people know, the, the Russian adoptions were closed to Americans in early 2013. And that just shattered me because I again, that was another thing that I thought I thought that the Lord had given me this love for this country and for this language because he wanted me to adopt. And um And I felt very confused and and, um, I struggled with a lot of questions um, and doubt and anger at God. And um, honestly, finishing this book is what saved me from depression. um, It took me 
three years to write the first 200 pages of the book and it took me three months to write the last 250 pages of the book because it was it was my outlet for grief um, wow. in that time and um, the wow. Lord just used this story to heal me and heal my heart and reconcile me back to him um, and so then that I finished it in 2013 and I began pitching and I got a lot of no's um, and it was just um, it was just perseverance. I really felt like the Lord had given me this story and I felt certain that I was supposed to tell it. And I, I didn't waver in my belief that he would bring about this this book in his timing. And so every time I got a rejection letter, I put it in a folder to just, and I told myself that's one more no that's leading me to the yes. And uh, in 2014, I met an agent at a writer's conference who um, kind of reluctantly accepted the, the manuscript. She, re- she actually signed me to write a nonfiction book uh, with a friend, but um, she reluctantly accepted the fiction manuscript and, you know, said, we'll see what we can do. And, you know, six weeks later, she sent me a text and said, I loved it. We're going to sell it. And here we are in 2016. So I, it even took three years from the time that I finished the book for the book to come out. So... Um, it's it's all perseverance, and that's I think that's my big thing with with um, moms is we're such a um, immediate gratification society. We yeah. want it now, yeah. and um, you have to you have to be willing to fight for what you're working for, and especially when you have kids and you just don't have eight hours a day to plow through and make things happen. Um, I work right now. I work in very small segments. I worked this morning from four to six. 4 a.m. Um, yes. Oh my it's gosh. Not my, it's not my favorite thing to do, but it just worked out today. Um, but I find these little chunks of time, I fit it in, and then when I'm with my kids, I'm with my kids, and I'm not going to feel guilty like I'm I'm not doing something right. Um, and so that means that it takes time, and that means that I'm probably not going to publish 30 books by the time I'm 40, like I thought I would when I graduated high school. So it's just, it it takes time and we're all on a different journey and everyone's journey is going to look different. Yes. Oh my goodness. So this, your story resonates with so many people, Kelly. This is amazing. And thank you everyone for your comments and for your live feedback. I really appreciate you. And uh, oh my gosh, like Kelly, you're amazing. Like you're really resonating. So going back to like, being not feeling guilty about doing this so this is a a topic question that's close to my heart and so many um ukrainian and russian moms um and this is what's going on so many i'm not saying all but so many give up on their dreams because they feel like if they're a mother they need to be 100 percent mother and only mother and so i want to hear and I understand everybody has their point of view, but I, I just want you to, I want to hear what you have to say about that. And I know, I understand, you know, work, whatever works for everyone else, but I'm, I, it, this can be a controversial like answer, but please, I just want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, no, I, I am all for women pursuing their passions and their dreams within the confines of what works for you. Um, I have friends that do really well operating on very little sleep. Uh, I am not one of them. Today, the 4 a.m. wake-up call was an exception, not the norm. Mm, Um, mm. I'm a person that I need sleep and I need structure. Um, And so 
I don't get as much done as some of my peers do. And that's that's okay. But that doesn't mean that I shouldn't be taking those steps. Because I will tell you that um, my, and I get always get emotional when I talk about this, but I was pregnant when I went to Kiev with my oldest. And the day that the box of books arrived um, with Like a River from its course in there, it was only me and my oldest at home. And he was there with me when I opened that box. And he's been there with me every step of the way. He is my early riser. So he's been up a lot of mornings watching me type away at the computer while he lays on the couch in the dark because he refuses to stay in his bed. And mm-hmm. he is, he's seen it. And he's seen me plug away at this. And that was a really special moment for me to share with him. I'm kind of glad it was just him home that day because he walked with me so closely through that. And um, your kids need to see that. Your, Your kids need to see that you're willing to persevere because... Here I am, I'm telling my kids, if you want to do something, then you go for it, but you're going to have to work hard. It's not going to just come to you. And um, they need to see that, that we're willing to do that too. But at the same time, they, I, I also want my kids to see that I'm not going to sacrifice them for my dreams. Exactly. And so I know when it's time to put, put the art aside and focus on my kids. And I know that there are some times when I can tell my kids, mommy's working right now, you need to go do something else. And I don't need to feel guilty about that. Mm. The Lord has never once asked us to operate under guilt. And so I've figured out when I'm being convicted and I operate under conviction. And if I feel that the Lord is convicting me that I need to focus more on my kids, then I will do that. But if I feel like I'm being guilted into something, I know that's not of the Lord. And I, I push that aside and I and I, I turn from that. Oh, my gosh, that's so beautiful. Um <laughs> Wendy, thank you so much for joining us. And um, yes, we absolutely love the book. Um, Yelena says, wow, Kelly, you are amazing. I agree. Um, Melissa says, that is so beautiful, Kelly. Thank you for sharing. Um, Yelena is asking, would you recommend self-publishing? And I know we talked about this uh, a little bit, Kelly, um, but I would love to hear your thought. I I would love all of our viewers to hear what you think about that. Mm -hmm. I I have my a dear friend who's self-published and I, I think that there are pros and cons to both um with self-publishing you're absolutely in control you make all the decisions um it's going to cost a little more money up front if you're gonna if you're gonna self-publish you're going to have to invest into it but you get more out of it and you call all the shots um publish traditional publishing has its pros and cons too uh you know, you have some of the financial backing and um, the ability to get into bookstores and uh, all these other things. But um, you also you have to relinquish some control over it. You may not be able to get the title that you want or the cover that you want. Um, so there's there's pros and cons. I was never opposed to self-publishing this book. In fact, I think I'd given myself you know, a deadline of like the end of 2015. If the book hadn't been published, I was going to do it on my own. Um, But I, I, there was just a part of me that always knew that it was going to be traditionally published. And so I wasn't willing to, to give up on that. But I think absolutely, I'm all for self publishing if, um, if that's something that you're willing to put your time and energy into. That's beautiful. And Gilena says, thank you so much. Gilena, you're, you are so welcome. We're so happy that you're here asking questions. And this is why we're here. We want to talk not only amongst ourselves, Kelly and I, but with you as well. So awesome. Vika says, balanced life with her hands like this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I completely agree. I completely agree. So um, 
Uh, Wendy says, when I'm with my kids, I'm with my kids. And she quoted you, Kelly. Um, and she says, love that. So yes, I love that as well. Um, because it's oftentimes, you know, when I was a stay-at-home mom, you're with the kids 24-7. And the way, I, okay, I am with my kids 24-7. And the way when I was on my phone and with the kids, I justified it by saying, well, I'm with them all day anyways. It's okay, you know. But it's so important to when you're with the kids to be present with the kids and I'm so happy that Kelly you you talked about this you made it pretty clear so thank you so much so Kelly I we talked about your book we talked about the feelings the emotions so it, it, the message is connecting with us so deeply can we move on and talk about how were you chasing your dream while raising your children keeping them as a priority and also having great communication with your husband and honoring him and his dreams as well. Mm -hmm. I, um, I, I, I am very blessed to have a husband who's been so supportive. Uh, he has been, it sounds super cliche, but he has been my number one fan and my biggest cheerleader from day one. He has always wanted me to write this book. Um, which is funny because he only just read it when it came out. He never read it before, <laughs> but, um, he has always, always pushed me to write this book. And in the times when, when I felt like giving up and um, I just didn't think that I could do it and just battling a lot of insecurities, he was always the one right there telling me, of course you can do it. Why, why wouldn't you do it? That you were obviously cut up for this. So um, I'm really blessed to have a husband who uh, several times he sent me away. He got me a hotel room all by myself and, and sent me away so that I could write and get work done. Um, once a year, a friend and I would put on a creative retreat and the entire like uh, agenda of the weekend was just to work on whatever project you were working on. And he, he always let me go and never gave me a hard time about it. And, um, yeah. and so I so appreciate that because I, I truly, I mean, he put me on a plane to Ukraine for a month when I was five months pregnant. And that's crazy. He really believed on you. <laughs> it's really crazy. And everyone thought that I was crazy and everyone thought that he was crazy, but he just, um, he believed in my dreams probably more than I did. Oh. And he believed in my ability to, to do it more than I did. And I think that it's just so important to bring our husbands into this part of us. Um, mm -hmm. When you're a creative individual um, and you're a mom, so often we moms, we're so good at focusing on, on everybody else's dreams and on everybody else's skills. And then we sort of hide ours away as if we're ashamed of them. And um, I think it's really important to bring our husbands into that. And even if they don't understand, like I said, my husband never read any of the early manuscripts. He wasn't really interested in reading it. He just knew he wanted me to write it. He believed that I could um, so and, because I just brought him into the dream. And I think that that's a big key is just bring them in and let them be a part of it. Let them, let them have, you know, I would ask his advice when I was going to conferences. I'm not very good at like talking to people and my husband is like sanguine out the ears and I am a little more shy. And so I'd ask his wife, how do I do this? How do I make friends? How do I talk to someone I don't know? And these are ways that let him be involved without me um, mm. feeling like he needed to, you know, you tell me what to do or you do this for me. And so mm. I think it's just gently allowing them to be a part of the journey in whatever way that they fit. Mm, that is so beautiful, Kelly. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I feel the same way about my husband. I think we're very, very blessed. And um, can you, I, don't, I know we didn't talk about this prior, but I would love if you could share um, some of the things that you did 
to kind of get on the same page with him because I know that as a wife, like I can't be, um, I can't be, how should I say this in like a really nice way? Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, like when I'm being like irresponsible with, with all the things that I have to do as a mother, um, to keeping up with the laundry and keeping up with the kids and just really making a home our home. And I cannot imagine um, my husband being so supportive when I'm not doing my part. And so I would love to share if you have any experiences or any um, insights on that. Yeah, I don't know if I if I necessarily have any experiences. I do know that that in that three months where I was really struggling and wrestling with God, and uh, I was writing a lot. I would at that point, all my kids were were in school in some capacity, and um, I would drop my youngest off at preschool three days a week, and I would just go out and write. And we ate a lot of pizza and I was always behind on the laundry and the house was always dirty but I my husband knew that I was I was working some things out and he was giving me that space but um, you know I I think that we can all recognize when things aren't right at home and if if I ever feel like there's some some tension um, in inside our home um, we need to humble ourselves and look at and say, where, where am I fitting into this, this contentious piece right here? And, um, if, if it's, if it's because I'm spending so much time doing what I want to do, then of course I'm going to set it aside for just a little bit. If, if my husband needs more time from me, if he needs more one-on-one time with me in the evenings, then I, I need to put the computer away or my phone mm. away, which is so much easier to say than it is to do. Of course. Um, of course. But I think if, as long as we're just in tune to how our, our husbands and our children are feeling and how the, the atmosphere of the home is, um, we can we can see what what our part is is in that, and we can only control ourselves. And we need to we just need to be open and have open dialogue. I know that I've spoken with a lot of women who say, "But my husband's not uh, supportive of my dreams. My husband doesn't doesn't support me like it sounds like yours supports you." And you know, my my question to them is always, "Are you talking to him? Are you telling him?" And if your husband just really is not feeling like this is a good thing for you, then Maybe you just need to listen to him. Um, so I very very interesting. It's, it's different. Again, this is this is different for everyone. But it's we have to communicate with our husbands, and we have to respect any boundaries that they feel like we need to set. Um, and if if we're willing to respect that, then they are uh, they are going to respect the, our need to sort of dive into these passions of ours. Mm, that's so beautiful, Kelly. I'm so happy I asked, and I'm so happy that you answered so beautifully. So thank you so much. And we're unfortunately like we went way past our um, a scheduled time, but um, I can't. I I can just talk to you forever. And mm-hmm. and the message that you bring into the world is so beautiful and so needed there's so many moms that have a dream yet they feel like it's gone forever because they're a mother 
But mm-hmm. I thank you so much for encouraging us that your dream is is always your dream and to be persistent in, in it and to reach for it and whatever little time we have to put into that. And so that's so beautiful. And I thank you so much. And thank you so much for those of you who are joining us live. I really appreciate you guys from the bottom of my heart. Like this has been such a beautiful and incredible experience. And Kelly, thank you so much for sharing the message that you shared with us. I really appreciate thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you all so much for joining us on the Mompreneur Show live. Kelly's story was absolutely incredible. It touched my heart. And I mean, it was really, really emotional. And I really hope that you enjoyed it as well. Please join us live every single Monday right here on Facebook Live, right here. So just come back on next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, and join us live with lively, incredible guests for more lively conversations just like this. I'm your host, Vicky Lashenko, and this is a show that features amazing stories of the most remarkable mom entrepreneurs. Thank you so much for watching, and I'll see you next time.